0: Friends, I have the great privilege to introduce to you today a friend of this church, Reverend Tim Yee. He's a friend of this congregation. Tim Yee was a pa- serving at Air for a number of years, helped to start the 11 o'clock service. God called Tim to serve at uh, Newport Church, St. Andrews, a large church in Orange County. And he served there for a number of years in different capacities. And at the end of his term, they were serving as the missions pastor. God called Tim Yee to come close to us again. In this last year, Pastor Tim has been the pastor of uh, Union Church of Los Angeles in downtown. Initially a Japanese community church that started in 1917. For almost 100 years, they have proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ in the heart of our city. Tim is uh, someone who has a, a heart soft for God and a mind that is so sharp to dialogue with the world. Tim is is helping to plant a church in downtown in partnership with Bel Air, our first adventure in church planting in our city. Tim is leading this movement in downtown right now. Tim is part of the community in downtown. He is on the Board of Trustees of Union Rescue Mission that have helped thousands of people every year who are facing homelessness in our city. Tim, it's such an honor for our church to partner with you and to have you here with us tonight. I love you, brother. Please, would, would you warmly welcome Tim as he comes to proclaim the word of God.
1: Oh, what a warm welcome. I was sharing with my soon-to-be five-year-old daughter, Avery. I said, I'm not going to be home tonight to tuck you in, in bed, and, but if you'd like to uh, see me still, you can turn on the computer and, and watch me give the message. And she looked at me and said, Papa, that would be boring. Have you been hanging out with mom more often than I? I have two scriptures I want to mention as we share this meditation. The first is from Revelation 21, this grand vision that Jesus gave the disciple John. Revelation 21, verse 1, John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And then in verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then in Matthew 26, the words of institution we will be saying together later. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says that he will not again drink of the fruit of the vine until he comes again and then in Revelation 21 it describes this day that Jesus alludes to in Matthew 26 Revelation 21 points to this day that Jesus is talking about at the Last Supper a new heaven coming to a new earth all things becoming new and the word there for the word new is this Greek word called kainos which means newer and more glorious, better and brighter. It's not a totally eradicated earth that's burnt to a crisp, like some theologies might say, but it's a renewed earth. So what Jesus does, he doesn't eradicate all the things that we love about life, but he renews them. He makes them better, he makes them brighter. He doesn't get rid of food, but he makes the most glorious heavenly feast where you'll never have to worry about cholesterol again. Amen. My daughter, Avery, almost five, loves to talk about heaven, and so I asked her, "So Avery, are there going to be vegetables in heaven?" You know? And uh, she asked me that. First I asked her back, "Well what do you think, Avery?" And she said, "I think there'll be vegetables in heaven, but they'll taste like treats. And there'll be treats in heaven, but they'll be healthy like vegetables." My little theologian, right? There, right? It's the kinos. It's the renewal of all things. Or as that other theologian, C.S. Lewis, likes to say about the second coming. He says that he will make all the sad things become untrue. This is the kynos that Jesus is going to bring. And so until that day when Jesus returns, we're to give a glimpse of this future kynos in everything we do, regardless of our circumstances. And so by the time of the writing of this book of Revelation, the disciple John, who was at that Last Supper, who is now receiving this vision, he's exiled to the island of Patmos. He's probably the last surviving disciple. He's old man, and he's now he's exiled all alone on this island. He probably thinks his ministry is done. But God is never done with you until he says he's done with you. And we can know that Jesus will one day bring the kinos in full, and we can live every day to give a glimpse of God's coming kindnos that we know is to come in full one day. And I believe Jesus showed John how the story ends in Revelation. And I'm confident because he saw the end of the story, he could live every day with hope and with courage, because he knew anything he did for Jesus, it mattered. Everything he did for Jesus, even exiled on the island, it lasted. That he served a Jesus who wouldn't even let his exile go to waste. And until that day when Jesus returns and brings the fullness of his kindness, we get to see and witness to and help invite in glimpses of God's kindness every day. Years ago when I was leading the college ministry here, that was before my worship leading days, we started this Bible study in the SC camp. We started with like two or three students and being a UCLA Bruin, I always stepped on the, US- the USC campus with a little bit of skepticism. But I learned that even God likes Trojans, okay? <laughs> and we had these two or three people coming, and sometimes you just wonder when you lead these little ministries, like, are we having any impact? And sometimes when you serve in small ministries or maybe small things or imperfect kind of things, don't you kind of feel like you're in exile when you haven't yet seen the Kainos come? You're just waiting to see God work. But then next year, a few more students came, and then after that, my wife Katie took over with someone else, and more students came. And then years later, this student came to our USC ministry and gave his life to Jesus, and his name was Drew Sams. You never know when God is done with you. Everything you do for Jesus matters. because even when you don't see God working, he is working. Even when you feel like you're in exile, God is never done with you until he says he's done with you. See, everything you do with Jesus has significance, and every day God gives you opportunities to give a glimpse of God's kindness. And I don't care what island you've been exiled to, God will bring his kindness in and through you if you offer your life to him. Jesus is holding the cup, like in Matthew 26, and saying, until that day I'm going to hold this cup, I'm going to wait, and he wants you to remember how the story ends. And Jesus is holding the cup while he watches his bride, the church, not merely existing to serve itself, but embracing its identity as a mission outpost, to bless the city and to bless the world. So until that day that we play with kids in Skid Row, and we show a little bit of God's kindness, And we invite people to, to Easter at the bowl or downtown at the bridge or to Water's Edge or wherever else because we hope that they'll experience a little bit of God's coming kindness right now. And we visit those riddled with cancer and we pray that uh, in breaking, a little glimpse, God, of your kindness, your newness, your renewal. Because even in exile, when it looks like God is absent, God's kindness comes. And as your new pastor, Drew Sams, says, Jesus is inviting you to live into a story worth telling, giving glimpses of eternity to a world in need. So if we have breath in our lungs and God has placed us in this city so that you can live out God's larger story by carrying the burdens of others as an act of love, We are alive in this city to reveal a little bit of his kindness until that day when he comes again. And so we come to the table remembering he carried our burdens on the cross and he's ready to carry our earthly burdens today. Let me end by telling you a story of a man named Pete Foss. Pete was one of the longtime members and elders of the church in Newport Beach where I served called St. Andrews. I was the outreach pastor and the late father of one of your own church members. And Pete would go camping, and at his memorial, we heard the story, he loved to go camping, but he always liked to take this heavy iron skillet. Now, you know, if you're a hiker, a backpacker, you never take a 20-pound iron skillet in your pack. That's exactly what you're not supposed to do. Why would he do something so silly? What was Pete thinking? Pete was so excited about the thought, of the family and the kids enjoying freshly grilled fish over the campfire, that carrying that heavy iron skillet felt like a feather. When I heard that story, the first thing that came to mind was Hebrews 12, 2, one of my favorite verses that I share almost every time I'm here. For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. That our Jesus carried the burden of our sins on the cross, and he did it with joy because he's thinking of you and thinking of me and thinking of the, the kindness that he was going to bring and that you could be part of it if he took that cross. And so he took that cross with joy. And that agony of the cross, in a sense, must have felt like a feather compared to the thought of you and me enjoying his kindness. He knew one day he would return and bring the fullness of his kindness to bless all who have called on his name. And so we come to this table, this Eucharist table, which means thank you. We come to the thank you table and we say thank you, Jesus, for carrying the burden for me, for this world. And so let's thank him with our lives as we commit to keep our eyes on how the story ends and spreading his kindness until we breathe our last. As we partake of the bread and the cup. We were committing our lives to open ourselves up that God might use us in the city to give a glimpse of his kindness until he comes again. And so, will you pray with me? Thank you, Christ, for longing to be near to us amidst our pain and longing to even hang on that cross to forgive our sins. And to offer life. And Jesus, you long to return on that day when you will usher in the fullness of your kindness, when we will finally know life and love to the full, and as we take the bread and cup, we recommit our lives to seek hope amidst feeling exiled, having the courage to carry each other's burdens, because that is what you've done for us. And so, Lord, help us to lose ourselves in your larger story. Give us your hope as we partake in your bread and cup. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen.